Hey, this is Pastor Jay Lee, and you're listening to the Daily Sabbath Podcast. Hey guys, Pastor Jay here, and welcome to the Daily Sabbath Podcast. And today I'm coming with another episode on parenting. Because like I said last week, I'm a parent and man, I need every piece of advice that I can get. Now, if you haven't listened to last week's interview, I highly recommend that after you listen to this one, that you go back and listen to that one. Because I think today's topic is a great companion to that. Last week was about how we kind of approach our relationship with our kids. But in today's interview, I think it's really about how we as parents approach our relationship with ourselves. And so my guest today is Val from the Wabi Sabi Mama parenting blog on Instagram. And she's going to share with us this concept of Wabi Sabi and what that has to do with parenting. And so I'm really excited to share this with you guys. I honestly think this is a word that a lot of us parents need to hear, and it will be an encouragement to you guys. And so without further ado, here is my interview with Val of the Wabi Sabi Mama. Okay, so today for the podcast, we are talking about parenting. You know, today my special guest is Val from Wabi Sabi Mama. She has a parenting blog on Instagram, and Val is also the mother of a five-year-old. She's also a wife and a working mom, and she's also a woman of faith and a dedicated follower of Jesus. And so I thought it would be great to have her on and just have her tell us a little bit about her account, Wabi Sabi Mama, and what that's about and how that can maybe be an encouragement to the rest of us parents. And so Val, thank you so much for taking time to be here on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here. And yeah, I'm like you. I need all the help <laughs> that I can get with parenting. So excited to talk about uh, my experience. And so uh, just a fun fact about Val. So, uh, you know, I'm friends with Val and her husband. Uh, she is obsessed with Taco Bell. <laughs> Which, yeah. And and so at her wedding, their wedding favor was actually a Taco Bell taco. <laughs> so how, so here's, here's the real scoop. How long have you been a, a devoted follower of Taco Bell? Oh, man, I don't even know. Um... I know my family always got Taco Bell growing up, but I feel like the obsession started maybe after college. I think the Crunchwrap mm-hmm. Supremes, whenever those came out, like <laughs> the Crunchwrap I just really, I really love them. <laughs> <laughs> so is that your favorite item at Taco Bell? Yeah, that's definitely my go-to. It's the Crunchwrap Supreme, and for my son, he's already—it's like in his blood already. Like <laughs> <laughs> we like pass one, he's like, "Oh, a taco." <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It's already been passed on to the next generation. Yes. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the topic. <laughs> So like I mentioned in the intro, so Val, she is a blogger on Instagram. And so her account is called Wabi Sabi Mama, which is a very interesting name for an account. And it's all about parenting. But uh, I want to start off just, could you explain to us what Wabi Sabi Mama is all about? Yeah, definitely. So 
Wabi-sabi is the Japanese concept of finding beauty in the imperfection. And I am fourth generation Japanese American. And I first learned about this concept a few years ago from a friend while we were in Japan and they were talking about it. And I just really liked the idea of it, finding beauty in the imperfection and um, mm. that every moment is temporary. And like cherry blossoms, because they're so beautiful, but they're also so temporary. So they're I think they only bloom for one or two weeks and then they're falling down to the ground and you can see, you know, the petals falling and it's so beautiful, but at the same time, it's all, it's already shifting and changing. Uh, so even though we may look at a time or even something and think of it as it was imperfect, there's always beauty that can be found in, in every moment of our life. And so I think that concept really stuck with me. But as a parent, I really resonated with that concept because mm. I really had a tough time the first few months as a mom. And I think that I was waiting to arrive to a place where it was like, oh, I'm like the perfect parent now and I can enjoy <laughs> yeah. my, my, my child and enjoy being a mom. But it was a lot uh, more difficult, I think, than I had expected. And I think instead of waiting to arrive at this place where I felt like, I don't know, I think as a parent, you're always learning and growing, but just trying to find beauty in each moment, no matter how hard it is or how um, much you seem like you're failing, you can find beauty in each phase of being mm. a parent. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I, I love that because I think for me too, like something that I always tell people about becoming a parent is like, every time I felt like we were like, okay, I feel like we're starting to like get a handle on this. It was like, th then our child would level up and it would get harder <laughs> again. Right. Like every time I felt like we were like, okay, I think we're about to like get this. And then it just got, you know, changed or got harder. So yeah, I, I love that sentiment of like, not always searching for like, okay, we've arrived. We're great parents now. We've got this. Yeah. And I think that as a mom, like I just felt really alone in that. Like it seemed like everyone else had their act together. Everyone else knew what they were doing. Mm. And so that was kind of the heart behind starting my Instagram account was to help moms see that and other parents, not just moms, but help parents see that there's beauty in the imperfection and you're not alone in your struggles. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. And so then, you know, I mean, something that I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on as, you know, as a parent, what do you think are the pressures that parents face? Like, what are the pressures that you think parents are facing from, whether it be from our culture or even from our faith, you know, as a fellow Christian, like, do you feel like there are pressures that are being put on parents in these, you know, from these various places? Yeah, I think that there's a ton of pressure on parents. And I think in the age of social media where everything is online and you can see where everyone's going and what they're doing and their perfect mm -hmm. family photos, there's just so much pressure to have it all together or kind of appear like you have it all together. And I think from a faith, like coming from a parent of faith, I feel pressure to have a kid that is obedient and that listens to you and mm. does what you say. And obviously our, our kids don't listen to us all the time. Right. And so, <laughs> but I, I think there's this pressure to just have this compliance from children, even though kids are growing and they're learning 
And while they're learning and growing, they're going to have hard days, right? They're going to have days where they have meltdowns. They're going to have days where their emotions are more strong. Um, I don't know. For me and my husband, we really want to parent for our kids' heart and not just for the surface level, like, compliance. But I feel like you feel that pressure when it's like your kid is the only one that is screaming or like recently we went to a family get together and everyone wanted to come together and take a picture and our son just didn't want to come and I just felt so much pressure it's like oh can you just get in this picture and wanted to pick him <laughs> up and like bring him over but I knew that if I did that he would just have his head down the whole time or he would just be crying screaming and do we really want a picture you know of him I don't know. I would want him to want to be in the picture. And so there was just a lot of pressure to just do what everybody else is doing because all the other kids are doing it. But then just being okay with, well, he doesn't want to be in the picture and we mm -hmm. can just take it. We can take it without him. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, I definitely, yeah, as a parent, I, I can identify with both of those things that you mentioned, right? You know, the sort of the pressure of social media and, you know, I'm just looking at these pictures and I'm like, oh man, you know, they're, you know, they're going on these great vacations or they're always like going out and having these adventures and, mm -hmm. you know, they're wearing normal clothes and not still in their pajamas, you know, different <laughs> things like that, right? You know, they're not eating fast food all the time. Yeah. So I, I can definitely uh, identify with, you know, feeling that pressure coming from social media and just feeling like, yeah, man, we got to step our game up or, you know, we got to get out and do something. Uh, and then I, I appreciate also what you're saying in terms of maybe one of the pressures that we get coming back to us as parents from our faith is, yeah, that that obedience factor. Like, okay, if I'm mm -hmm. a godly parent and if I'm doing things the way that I'm supposed to be doing it, then my kids should respect me and they should o obey me at all times. Like, yeah, it, I, I mean, I don't know if anybody has ever said that to me in a church or in a Bible study, but yeah, maybe there's that feeling sometimes. So yeah, I appreciate you bringing that out. Yeah, there's definitely so much uh, on social media that we see, but there's also so much that we don't see. But I, I definitely remember as a first time mom and seeing other moms, social media, like their stories on Instagram that gave birth around the same time or that I did. And it was like, oh, how come they can go and do these family outings? And like, I can <laughs> barely, I can barely like get out of bed or like we can barely go for a walk around the block or something like that. It just, I think there's so much comparison. We don't, yeah, it's just such a surface level highlight reel, right? What we see of other mm -hmm. people. But then when we compare that to what we're doing, I think it always makes us feel like we need to do better or do more, um, mm -hmm. keep up with what everyone else is doing around us. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, so for you guys, because I, I appreciate that you're kind of sharing some of your own experiences, like, because, you know, I, I was really curious, kind of just, um, you know, what were some ways that you yourself, like in your actual parenting have, you know, been able to apply sort of this wabi-sabi uh, philosophy and attitude, um, just in your own parenting journey. And I know that for your son, you guys had a little bit of a tougher time, right, with him. And so, yeah, just kind of curious if you could share a little bit more about your your own experience applying that wabi-sabi philosophy as you've been going on. Yeah, like you had mentioned, like we had a tough time in the beginning. So 
our son had colic and that lasted for about three months. And so for those that don't know what colic is, it's just long extended bouts of crying for no apparent reason. I mean, for, I think for some colicky babies, there can be a reason, um, like they could have reflux or other things. But for our son, it just was just crying <laughs> for mm. a long, long time. And that led to me having postpartum depression because it just, I felt like, why does he keep crying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this isn't normal. And actually my sisters had very, both my sisters had very chill babies. So I would like babysit for them when they had their babies. And I, I think that's what I thought was normal. So I didn't realize there was a huge spectrum of babies. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when we got ours, it was like, oh, this is not what I was expecting at all. And mm -hmm. for me, I have a very type A personality. Like I like things very scheduled. I'm a very organized person. And that kind of was, I guess, a detrimental to me as a mom because you know, with kids, like there is no handbook, there's no manual mm -hmm. that it's not a one size fit all type of thing. And every kid is different. And you kind of have to adjust to that. But I think that I thought, oh, like I've babysat before I've served in children's ministry my whole life. <laughs> Being a parent is going to be easy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, because like, I know so much. And because I can be really organized and on top of things like I'm totally going to rock this parenting thing. And yeah, then we had our son. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I had, I realized I had no idea what I was doing and I felt also so inadequate at what I was doing. And the time where I was having postpartum depression, it was such a dark period of life for me. I think it was the dark, the darkest time of my life. It just, it felt really hopeless. I felt really defeated. I felt like I had no value. So the postpartum depression and the clog was a really hard time. And then the time leading after that, I think it took me a while to come out of it because I just mm. felt so low. But I think it's through that experience that I realized that there's beauty in the imperfection. I never would wish colic on another family because it's a really hard thing to have to go to, through. I would never wish postpartum depression on another mom because postpartum is hard enough. But I look back on that time and I think that I needed to go through that period in order to become the mom that I needed to be. It's like I needed to be humble, I guess, because I went mm. into it thinking I was so prideful. and <laughs> But now going through it, I think I didn't see the beauty while I was in it. But now looking back mm -hmm. on it, I can see, wow, God really used that time to humble me, to give me more empathy for other people, to to also be able to to give grace to other people as well. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I, I think I probably was the opposite coming into parenting. I, w I already knew. I was like, I'm going to be bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a much but... better way I think to come into it <laughs> no but you know but my wife she's you know she's a rock star and you know she's had you know a lot of experience working with kids and you know she's had a lot of training as a uh, marriage and family therapist so you know she has all the skills and she has all the knowledge but yeah at the same time it's like even with all that knowledge even with all those skills so hard it's still so hard and 
I appreciate that you're willing to share that, you know, that you kind of came in maybe a little bit overconfident. And who knows, maybe in a different situation, maybe if you had a kid who didn't have colic, you know, maybe he would have just kind of, you know, rocked it out and it would have been, you know, easy home run cakewalk, who knows. But it's amazing that you can look back on it and see, you know, even though you wouldn't wish that on anybody else, you know, like you wouldn't wish postpartum depression or colic on anyone else, that you can see that somehow the Lord was using it to, to do something beautiful in your life and in your family. So that's, yeah, that's awesome. Are there any other ways that you've been able to sort of apply this wabi-sabi attitude uh, to your parenting journey? So I kind of touched this about this in the beginning when I was explaining why I chose wabi-sabi as part of my Instagram handle. But I think I had this idea that motherhood and parenthood would be full of these just soft, sweet, tender moments. And <laughs> I think the newborn phase is, is not that, <laughs> at least not for me. <laughs> but yeah, and I think that especially like in my first year of motherhood, it just was like, I was trying to figure out who I was as a mom, but also kind of expecting to be who I was before I was a mom and not realizing that taking on this new role of being a mother completely changes who you are. Right. And I think I kept waiting for this moment to arrive where I felt like, okay, I have everything under control now and we're in a good groove and we like, I've got this. Like, I was kind of waiting for this. I've got this moment. And in the first year, that never came. <laughs> and, um, but I think that it was like realizing that I was waiting for this kind of, I guess, steady part of parenting to come. And then, just letting go of that and finally being like, you know what? Parenting is never going to be steady. It's always going to be bleeding, changing. Um, like your child changes every day, especially in that first year. And they're growing and you're constantly growing as a parent. And I think that, you know, obviously we try our best as parents, but it's never going to be perfect. But that's okay, because we're all learning and we're all growing. Mm -hmm. and, and that's sort of the reason why you started uh, the account, right? Like for you, it took you a while to figure that piece out, right? To, to embrace, you know what? It's never going to be perfect. It's always going to be this journey and it's going to be always, you know, shifting sands. But, you know, in hopes that maybe you can help some parents maybe come to that realization maybe a little bit earlier in the parenting journey. Yeah, because I think that when we look at social media and it looks like everyone has arrived and they do have it all together and it's like, yeah, everyone has it except for me. I just wanted to be a voice that was saying, no, I'm also not there. <laughs> I also have not <laughs> arrived. And today was crazy, but we're in this together. So then, you know, because obviously, you know, you know, we're both followers of Jesus. And, and so as followers of Christ, um, I'm just kind of curious, like how parenting and, you know, just this whole like embracing the beauty of brokenness and imperfection, like how has this maybe impacted your discipleship, you know, your faith in Jesus Christ? Is there any ways in which this has helped you actually to grow in your faith somehow? Yes, 100%. Yes, this 
being a parent has helped me grow in my faith. And I think that someone told me before that there's nothing more refining than being a parent. And I wholeheartedly Hmm. agree with that statement (laughs) because it's, I don't know, it's like there's this outside force, your children, (laughs) that you have no control over. Um, what, how they're going to do, how their day is going to be. Um, and so I feel like your children are always encouraging you to grow <laughs> because they're <laughs> testing you <laughs> and yeah, they're encouraging you to grow. Um, <laughs> you know, they test us to our limits. We're tired. And it's like when we're at that stage, our true hearts come out and we can't always put on this facade of being just happy and nice all the time and I feel like it just shows us how much we need God right and Mm. I think that being a parent also gives me a different insight to God's heart of how much he loves us how much he would sacrifice for us Um, because what we do for our kids is just such a small it's like a small Mm. glimpse into what how much God loves us yeah yeah, that that's really good. Yeah. It kind of reminded when you were talking, it kind of reminded me of that verse in James where it talks about, you know, count it all joy when you encounter all kinds of different trials, right? Like, and just, you know, just t- sort of talking about if there's any value that you can find in trials and suffering, at least it gives you kind of that rare opportunity to see like what's really inside, right? Like what truly is inside and what's the true quality of your faith and your relationship with God. And so, you know, it just kind of reminded me of that when you were, when you were talking that, yeah, our kids, they expose us because they, they put that pressure on us and there's no escape. We live with them. We're we're with them all the time. And so, you know what I mean? Uh, You know, we can't, we can't just put on that facade, like you said. And so it it exposes us, but in a good way Yeah, that we get to really truly see like, okay, who am I really? And what's really on the inside. And yeah, sometimes, it uncovers some some things that we need to work on, but you know, at least the truth is exposed by by that. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, are there any other things that you feel like have taught you things or or enhanced your discipleship in any way? Yeah, I think that being a parent has really taught me a lot about grace, and I'm a person that has always struggled with grace and understanding what unmerited favor means and i think that i i grew up in the church i think that my default way of thinking about church is that i need to earn salvation and it's i know that it's not by my good works but i think when you grow up in church it's kind of hard to not to not see your good works as something that's like working for you um but as a parent I I think I I see how I fall short so often mm. <laughs> and it's like I you know it's like oh I'm not going to I'm not going to yell today and then that's out the window in five minutes <laughs> yeah. or I will be more patient today and then mm-hmm. yeah that doesn't happen either but just I think um how I was talking about how the postpartum period was so rough for me I think during that time I felt like I was giving 150% of myself and trying to help my son not cry as much or just getting him to, he had a hard time sleeping. And so getting him to take naps where it was just like, it took a lot of work. And so I felt like I was, I was like bouncing on an exercise ball for like an hour 
And if I stopped, <laughs> he'd wake up. <laughs> and so it was just, yeah, I, I think I felt like I gave so much of myself, but then it wasn't enough. Like it wasn't enough to cure his colic. And it just, it felt like, wow, I can't, I can't do enough. And I think that, like I said before, that I'm more of like a type A person before becoming a parent. I always felt if I like tried hard enough, then I could accomplish something. And I think parenting was the first time where it felt like I am trying my very, very best and it's not even close to measuring. Yeah. And so I think it just showed me how much I'm in need of grace and how mm -hmm. much grace God does give me. And that I'm so grateful that I don't have to work for it because I can't, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that because I've always struggled to understand grace in the past, it's been hard for me to give grace to other people. And it's like, well, mm. just work harder and then you can yeah. do a better job too. <laughs> or um, <laughs> yeah. why did this happen? You should just work harder. Like, I think that was just my mindset before. And then as, as a parent, I think God softened that part of my heart where I have a lot more empathy and a lot more grace for people. And I don't even have to know everything that they're going through. I just feel like God brought me from a person that was more judgmental and held people mm -hmm. to a really high standard to just a person that wants to give love and grace to people, regardless of what their situation is. Wow. That's yeah. That, and thank you so much for, you know, I mean, it's probably not easy to share that you're like a person who struggles with um, extending grace to other people. But, you know, I, I feel like that's really powerful what you shared and, and, and how parenting has kind of gotten you to that place, right? Where maybe just getting to that place of just total dependence on God. It's like, no matter what I do, no matter how hard I try, no matter how long I bounce on this exercise ball, it's just <laughs> not enough. You know, I, I can't do it on my own strength. I have to depend on, on God. I have to depend on Christ. And yeah, it's just awesome how when you realize that for yourself, how you were now able to kind of extend that to other people more to understand, hey, maybe they're, they're not going through the same struggle as me. Their struggle is not, you know, getting this kid to go to sleep, but they have some sort of struggle. And yeah, maybe they're at the end of their ability as well. But that doesn't mean that they're a lost cause or failure or that, you know, that they're any less loved, you know, and they they need the grace of Christ too. And so, yeah, it's a, I think it's just a really beautiful insight and it's just beautiful how that works right that we can give it out when we've received it right first we have mm -hmm. to receive mm -hmm. it and when mm -hmm. we understand it then we can give it out to somebody else so it's yeah it's awesome okay so then you know just i always like to end these interviews in a very practical way and so you know just last question what are some very practical ways that parents can you know, just begin to apply a bit of this wabi-sabi attitude or, or philosophy to their own parenting journey? Well, first, I would just want to say that it's okay to not be okay. And I think that as parents, <laughs> we can probably assume that most other parents are not okay. Because <laughs> we yes. all know how hard it is, right? And mm. so um, I think just if you're a perfectionist like I am, I think it's really hard to accept that, I mean, it's never going to be perfect. And that's okay. It's going to be a little bit messy. And that's okay. When we can just let go of what our ideal of parenting is, and then just be mm. in the moment and see 
the beautiful things that like, you know, looking back on what I had shared, like colic was like the most difficult thing that I've probably gone through. But then at the same time, it helped me grow into the mom that I needed to be. And it helped me be able to relate to other people better. And so I think, yeah, just letting go of what our ideals of what we think that our parenting should be, our parenting journey should be. And then just accepting, you know, even who our kids are, like maybe we expected, Mm. like I was like hoping that he would be an easy baby, but (laughs) he wasn't. And, you know, that's part of his personality. He's very persistent and he's very assertive. And I love that about his personality. And it doesn't make Mm -hmm. the easiest child to parent but I know that that's going to grow into something that makes him like a great leader or, you know, it's definitely going to serve him in the future. Mm. Yeah, I, I love that you said that. I, I feel like, and this has been coming up in some of my, like some of my writing for my blog and maybe even in some of other interviews, not about parenting, but I, I feel like the point that you just made there, because you, you described your child as being very persistent or what was the other word that you used persistent and assertive assertive right but you could have used different words right like you you could have used (laughs) the word um stubborn or uh willful or something like that right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. rebellious And, and not to say that you can't use those words to describe your child because sometimes they are that right but i love that you're able to look and see what some people might look at and say okay here's a weakness or here's here's something that's wrong with my kid you can see that actually that could be a hidden strength and mm-hmm. i and a, and a part of his character that actually might become part of his gifting and who god has created him to be and so i think that is very very deep very profound you know to be able to look and even the the parts that are like making your life you know so difficult in the moment but to realize actually though there's something in there like you know something for my my older daughter is when we go to like the playground or something like that she just immediately starts like talking to all the kids and starts like (laughs) you know i mean like starts trying to get them to play a game with her and like sometimes she's getting kind of bossy like i'm like hey you know like don't tell all the kids what to do right you know (laughs) And then also for me, I I can be a little bit socially anxious sometimes. So sometimes when she starts talking to these other kids, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to have to probably talk to these parents. <laughs> I don't know if anybody <laughs> ever feels that way. Like, oh, you know, I, I just wanted to sit here. But, you know, um, but looking at that and realizing, oh, I, you know, I might be looking at, you know, future gifting. You know, maybe she is a leader. Yeah, maybe she has that potential to influence other people. And so, you know, I, I just love that you kind of use that language and kind of brought brought that point out because I think it's something that maybe more parents could try to try to apply like okay this little this aspect of their personality is hard for me right now but there could be something very beautiful in there yeah definitely and I think that another thing that I want to share is just to encourage other parents to be transparent about Mm. what they're going through because I think we mentioned we talked about this earlier but just we see what's on social media, right? And we assume that everyone, everything's going well for everyone. That's what it seems like anyways. And for us to just remember that social media is a highlight reel, but I think the more that we are transparent with our own like parenting circle, like other 
maybe it's your relatives, your, your siblings and their kids or people at church. But just if we let other people know, that's like, yeah, this wasn't an easy week for me, or this is something that I'm struggling with. I think it helps other people let their guard down and then they're able to feel not as isolated and alone. It's like, oh, you struggle with that too? Like I had a bad week mm-hmm. too. Or just, I think that we can start building this community around parenting more so than just feeling like, oh gosh, they they just had this like perfect family vacation. We got to do that too, <laughs> kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like a competition. Yeah, instead of a competition building community. Yeah, I mean, something that somebody said to me, I don't, I don't know who said it, but, um, or something I've heard before is like one of the greatest gifts that we can give to one another is to say, yeah, me too, right? That when we, mm-hmm. when we can admit, hey, yeah, me too, I, I, that's hard for me too, or I've been struggling with my kid, you know, we've been struggling with bedtime too, or whatever, that that's a gift really that you give to another person because it, one, it relieves them of the burden of having to feel like they're, you know, perfect, but yeah, also to know that they're not alone. And so, yeah, that, I think that's great advice. Well, Val, thank you so much for um, just coming on the podcast, taking time and, and just sharing your experience. And, and thank you so much for creating this account. I, I think it's yeah definitely something that's needed. It's needed in the social media space. It's just needed in the world because, yeah, like I said at the beginning, as a parent, I I'm always searching for something to help me and always searching for something to help me feel a little bit better about my my journey as a parent. And so I really appreciate that you're, you know, being vulnerable and you're you're creating a safe space for parents to be able to admit, yeah, we're not perfect. We don't have it figured out and um, and that's okay. So thank you so much. Thanks so much, Jay, for having me. I love talking about parenting. I love talking about parenting and faith and just, yeah, just being transparent in our parenthood journey. So thank you so much for having me. The closing song for this episode, Where I Want to Be, is by Demera Melissa. For more music from Demera Melissa, you'll find a link in the episode description. I've got nothing left to give. I've tried to be everything. Life is full, but I'm empty. Out of wishes, out of 